afternoon or evening and welcome back to one guy one role the solo role-playing podcast as always i am your host player and gm hero cities we are currently playing through iron sworn starforge following the story of nikora sokolov i do have to apologize if there's any strange noises in the background of this episode. There's currently some construction going on next door, and I will try to edit out as much of that noise as I can. However, if some slips in, I do apologize in advance. As always, before diving in, we'll give a quick recap of what's been happening in the story. As you probably know, Nikora Sokolov has been aboard the space station Prosperity where something bad has occurred and it appears as though most of the people who used to inhabit the station are either dead, have gone crazy, fled, or some combination of these things. Nikora is on the station because uh, for his first Iron Vow, he was sent here by Creed to recover the memory core of the computer here on the station. What exactly Creed wants this for, what he's going to do with it, is something that we have not established yet. Although there have been some interesting encounters so far on the station, including a woman by the name of Petra with a burnt face who Nakora worked with to restore power to the um, reactor core, get that generating power, actually, for the station, which unfortunately led to Petra being locked inside of the power core, which is another problem we'll have to come back and deal with at some point. This did allow Nikora access into the research section of the spaceship, or space station rather, where Nikora has been communicating through the various terminals scattered throughout the station. Think like, um, they're kind of, for me, the like computer software of the station, or I should say the hardware, looks very similar to that of the Aliens universe with these big monochrome displays. Look like CRTs built into the walls with these clacky keyboards that whenever you type on them, it clacks away. During these communications, Nakora was able to gain access into the research department by using the ID card of Dr. Elizabeth Bradley, who was the head psychologist of the research section on board the Prosperity. Now, why this ship needs a psychologist, what she's doing here, we are not aware of yet. However, in the last episode, once we did gain access into the research section, did some investigating and exploration around, Nakora was able to discover the administrator's office, located in the back of the records department, where he not only found what looks to be an administrative key card, but he also discovered a piece of correspondence, which was very interesting, between some organization with the letters A-P-T-E from someone by the name of Journeyman Sterling to the administrator of the Prosperity for the purchase and buying out of the entire operation here. And when the episode came to a close, it appeared as though Nikora maybe knew exactly what the APTE was and this symbol on the paperwork of a comet streaking through a night sky. What exactly does all of this mean? We're going to have to play to find out. So without further ado, let's get into it. As always, when we start a new session, we need to make some rolls on our various tracks that we're following. I think that our secret track is going to have a 50% chance of increasing. 
We rolled a 44, so that is a yes. So that does bring us to the last piece of the pie available on the secret track. And of course, our slowly dwindling oxygen, which is actually almost out with one piece left. I think it's once again a 50-50 chance that we really start to kind of get into an emergency situation here. Barely. We rolled a 51, which gets us safe by one number. Wow, that was really close. I thought we were going to have to start doing stuff. Became very exciting in a bad way for Nikora. So at the end of last episode, we had finished a scene, which for me was gaining access into the researched section of the ship, which we definitely did. And uh, we have now discovered, theoretically, a way to get through that access door that was at the end of the hallway with the big locking door that looks like it leads into some sort of secured chamber. Now, with the end of a new scene, we have to decide what happens with our chaos factor. For me, during this scene, it really felt like Nikora was not in control like it's pretty much been the rest of the series. So our chaos factor will go up to six once again. I'm not playing with the fate chart chaos factor effect, but it will affect things like if we roll doubles, whether there's interruption or anything like that. So with the scene set up, we roll a d10 against our chaos factor of six. Uh, we rolled a one, which is definitely below six. So there's some kind of alteration. Something happens here. And with a one as an odd, it's an altered scene. I'm not exactly sure what that means. So we're going to roll on the Mythic GM emulator action and subject tables. We got a 10, so communicate. And a 70, extravagance. Communicate extravagance. So the idea of an altered scene is, or with the Mythic GM emulator, is first off you come up with some idea for a scene, which I've already written down. And then the alteration of the scene means that something changes within your original idea. It doesn't have to go an entirely new way, but it is somehow different than what my original belief was. And since I didn't really have any great ideas to start with, I rolled on the tables uh, in the Mythic GM emulator, action and subject, and got communicate extravagance. This one took me a little bit of time to think about exactly what that means, but I think I have a pretty solid idea for what this next scene is going to be. So as our episode begins, Nikora is standing in front of the big door at the end of the hallway with the keycard for the administrator in his hand. As he walks up and approaches the security terminal built into the door, there's just a single message displayed on it. Are you still there, doctor? Nakora decides to just ignore this message and inserting his keycard into the door. On the surface of it, it displays, Welcome, administrator. Access granted. And these uh, big locking mechanisms on the door release. And in the oppressive silence of this place, it almost looks like it groans open and takes its time. Just slowly, these big mechanisms opening up and then the door itself ponderously widening the gap. On the other side of this door, Nikora is met with something he wasn't quite expecting. It's another hallway, similar to the one he just come down. And there's a couple of different doors to different rooms branching off the side of it that he can see. And down at the far end of the hallway, there's this large glass door with fogged glass so you can't quite see through it into what's on the other side. Is there anything interesting in this area for Nikora to discover? 
Let's find out. Just given the nature of this area, I think it's kind of unlikely that there's anything exciting in this secondary living area. 73, no. So there's nothing interesting in here. It's just an area that's kind of similar to the entryway into the research section itself. There's a help desk of some kind or a waiting area at the terminal attached to it and some couches which look like maybe they were used for waiting with some monitors on the wall that are currently just static which don't really look similar to the monitors like we've seen in the so far like terminals but maybe like tvs or something to watch something while you're waiting on these very nice couches that kind of the lay down reclining couches like you would see in a shrink's office something similar to that However, what sets this place apart from the initial waiting area, which was more utilitarian and kind of uncomfortable and cold feeling, this is warm. And clearly there's a level of luxury to everything. The, the couches are soft and not just hard plastic, but some kind of faux leather, I'm sure, space leather. And there's ornamentation on the wall. There's decorations. It just looks lived in. It looks like a place where you'd want to hang out, not a place that you're literally waiting to get out of, like a doctor's office or something like that. Now, what does Nikora do? I think he is starting to worry about his oxygen running out, so he's not really going to take the time to investigate this room itself. But there's four doors branching off, two on each side of the hallway. And next to these doors, there's names. And one of them says Dr. Elizabeth Bradley, whose identity he's been kind of using since he discovered her body in the entry area of the research section itself. So I think he's going to go up and, and try the door, which is locked. However, there is another little keypad terminal area. This one doesn't have a, have a screen on it. It's just a, a place to insert a key card. Which he does so with Dr. Bradley's card, and the door opens, and inside is this shockingly lavishly decorated room. There's everything you could imagine in here for niceties. It's like a um, personal living room slash kitchenette area. It'd kind of be like if you had like a one-bedroom apartment where everything else is in just one area of the apartment. So there's a cooking area, a dining area... An actual living room with a monitor. There's, I think she probably has some tanks with some uh, various fish in it, things like that. There's like another one of those really comfortable couches you can lie down on in here. Everything that you would expect for somebody who is wealthy to have in their office in the sci-fi world. And a little bit further exploration into the back of this apartment, for lack of a better word, is the actual bedroom of the doctor itself. Uh, one thing that strikes Nakora is just how organized and orderly everything is. Clearly, the doctor was very fastidious. There's no clothes, no dirty dishes. Everything is neat, organized, and sterile. Naturally, having his curiosity piqued, Nakora is definitely going to poke around the doctor's living corridors and see if he can find anything interesting in here. This is going to be a gather information role, which uses wits, which for us is a plus three. Okay, so with our plus three and our with our two we rolled, we got a five versus a two and a ten. So that's a weak hit. On a weak hit, the information provides a new insight, but also complicates your quest. Envision what you discover, then plus one momentum. All right, well, that does bring our momentum up to nine. So Nakora, as he's poking around inside the doctor's living corridors, finds her workstation, which is just a computer terminal and a filing cabinet. On top of this desk, with the pen and paper arranged in a perfect right angle to each other, is a series of notes that are dated from two weeks ago. 
And in these notes, Nakora learns that the doctor was talking to some subject. In her notes, she never describes who it is by name, but always uses subject A. Subject A did this. Subject A reacted this way. Subject A was illogical. Subject A came to a proper conclusion. All of these things with very cold language being used. As Nakora keeps working his way quickly, because he doesn't really have the time to spend here to really dig on into it, he comes across correspondence between Dr. Bradley and Journeyman Sterling. And in this documentation, it was clear that Sterling was getting impatient with the progress being made on Subject A, saying it's been five years since Subject A was discovered on Cicero. He was starting to become very impatient with the progress on the project and wanted results that he could present. Near the end of the correspondence she has filed here, dated three years ago between herself and Journeyman Sterling, there's a record of an incident that occurred. And with Journeyman Sterling reprimanding her for not having enough security in the installation and that if there was such a breach again, she would be instantly removed from her position as the head psychologist of Subject A and she would likely face disciplinary measures brought about by the union. And with that, Nikora pauses for a second and thinks, does he know who this APTE union is? I think it's likely that he's aware of who this is. 15, extreme yes. So Nikora is very aware of who the APT is and he didn't know why it didn't dawn on him at first especially when he saw the symbology of that comet going through a starry sky looking down at this paperwork and looking around and and then thinking back to some of the decorations he's seen he's run across these guys before he knows who has purchased this installation he knows who was putting all this pressure on Dr. Bradley for results It is the Association of Professional and Technical Engineers, arguably the most powerful union in the entire forge, also known as the Chondrite Guild, or, more colloquially, the Spacers Guild. These guys mean serious business. They are powerful, wealthy, and have basically a complete monopoly on shipbuilding within the forge. The fact that they bought this station means that whoever, whatever this Subject A is, is something extremely important to them and probably something either dangerous, powerful, or experimental. Which then makes Nakora think about why would they need a psychologist? That doesn't make any sense. Is there some kind of super weapon or like a some sort of... He has no idea. I mean, there's really nothing he can come up with for what this project could possibly be centered on. It just makes no sense to him. For poor Nakora, more questions lead to more questions. Who is he communicating with through the terminals? Why is the Spacers Guild involved in the prosperity? Why was there a psychologist here? And what kind of research were they doing in this research department? And perhaps most importantly of all, were they aware what was happening here? Were they on their way? Come and find out what was happening? This is a huge investment for them. Kor doesn't have answers to these questions. We now know that Nakora has at some point in his past run across the Spacers Guild. What exactly was occurring when this happened? Was he on some sort of derelict retrieval mission? I think we need to find out. We're going to roll on some oracles here. So we're going to roll first on action. 76. Release and focus? We'll see. We'll kind of pick and choose from this one. 21. That's not great. Okay. So we got... We'll use action and theme, and we got release decay. 
was it a positive or negative interaction with the Spacers Guild? I think it has to be a negative interaction since this whole thing is a result of a weak hit. So he had some sort of negative interaction with the Spacers Guild revolving, involving uh, releasing Decay. Okay, I think I got something here. So he was undertaking a salvage operation on a decommissioned satellite that was in a decaying orbit above some planet somewhere. Nakora swore an iron vow to a member of the Spacers Guild that he would recover the satellite and return it to the Spacers Guild intact. Unfortunately, something occurred during this and Nikora was unable to fulfill his contract, his vow, to the Spacers Guild, which completely ruined this journeyman's reputation within the guild itself and basically Nakora ended up completely messing up the job and increasing the rate of decay for the satellite and it burned up in the atmosphere of this planet. While this certainly didn't put a bounty or anything on his head, it definitely soured any future relationship that Nikora has with the guild and anyone who is aware of this contract he used to have with them. However, Nikora doesn't have the time, and nor is this the place to sit and dwell about his past mistakes. That blinking red light out of the corner of his eye on his oxygen tank is not slowing down. So Nikora exits out of Dr. Bradley's room, feeling a little bit more concerned about what exactly was happening here. This has to be something big for the Spacers Guild to be involved. Something valuable, worthwhile. I think there's a mix of nervousness and excitement on Nakora's face as he enters back into the hallway with the three other rooms branching off of it, which he just simply doesn't feel like he has time to deal with now. And he continues on down the hall towards the foggy, opaque glass doors. And that'll bring a close to that relatively short little scene we had there. I think Nikora was definitely in control of that one. So that brings our chaos factor back down to five. And uh, once again, I've imagined our new scene and give a quick roll of the D10 here. We got an eight, which is above our new chaos factor of five. So there's no alteration to the scene as Nakora is coming down this hallway with these uh, opaque glass doors. You can kind of see light coming through them, but that's about it. Now, for these doors, is there a terminal or what is required to go through? I think it's obviously some kind of security access required here, and I think it's likely that it's a computer terminal. Zero two, extreme yes. So, not only is there a terminal required to access, but there's going to be an ID scanner and some kind of biometric requirement needed to enter. Let's make it 50-50, whether it's retinal or fingerprint, and is it a fingerprint scanner? Yes. So it's a standard fingerprint scanner with a terminal and, of course, the area to insert your security badge, which Nakora has one of those. However, we've already established that the uh, poor doctor, Bradley, was something happened to her and only her bones are left, which means no fingerprint. So Nakora comes up to this terminal which says, warning, lockdown in effect, authorized personnel only with administrator approval. Looking down at this warning on the screen, Cora knows that his card's probably not going to work, but he'll still try it anyways. With the administrator's override card, does Nikora still need the biometric data? I think it's damn near a sure thing. We rolled a 64, so yes, it is required 
to still have the biometrics data in order to get through this terminal. Now looking down at this terminal, is the screen completely locked up or can Nakora type anything? I think it's unlikely he's going to be able to type anything. We got a 10, uh, 15, sorry. So he can. All right, so Nakora takes the administrator's key card. It's like, why not try it? Sticks it into the terminal and the screen displays, welcome administrator, please submit biometric data for access. And the area where you would stick your fingerprint on the reader lights up with this reddish glow waiting for a fingerprint functionally to open the door. Cora looks down at it. There's nothing. There's no way he can access through this door using the fingerprint scanner. So knowing that someone has been communicating with him through these terminals, Cora waits a few moments and nothing changing on the screen. Starts typing on the uh, terminal keypad. Hello, are you there? The cursor blinks a few times. Reply says, yes, you have not presented your biometric data administrator. I sure do wish to speak with you since I have last talked to Dr. Bradley. However, it appears that she is also around in the station. I am wondering why I have not been granted access to the doctor. Cora stares down at these strange words on the terminal, and he wonders if he's being messed with. How does Nakora respond? Does he do something smart or something dumb? We're going to make a roll here. Let's see what the what the result of the roll is, and then we'll figure out exactly what Nakora says. So this is going to be a compel roll, as you'll see why soon. So we're going to be rolling to try and lie and swindle, which means we are rolling plus shadow, which is two. Wrong dice. All right, interesting. We rolled a one plus two is three, but our challenge dice were a one and a six. So with that three on a compel roll, I think with my nine momentum, I want to burn that to make this a strong hit. This is super important. So with our momentum now back down to two, that makes a strong hit. They'll do what you want or agree to your conditions, take plus one momentum. So I guess we're at plus three momentum. So Nakora, with his hands hovering over the keypad, begins typing furiously. First thing he says is, no, this is not the administrator. This is Dr. Bradley. There's been a horrific accident aboard the space station, and I need access into the secure room. Can you help me? Please, it's pandemonium out here and everything is on lockdown. I cannot access the room myself. I need your help. The green light blinks on and off. For the longest time Nikora's seen yet, can they help Nikora access the other side of the door? Boy, I really don't know. I think it's likely. 53. That's a yes. So, on the screen, just three letters appear. Yes. Nikora waits excited for the door to open and... Nothing happens. He types back. Please open the doors. It's an emergency. The cursor only blinks once this time. All you had to do is ask. And with the first noise we've heard since coming aboard the Prosperity, the door hisses as it cracks open and this fog rolls out of the room where there's an airlock on the other side. The window is not fogged up like this one was. And through the other side of this airlock, there's a simple terminal. Computer. However, this one's very unlike all of the other ones that have been in the station so far. This computer, oh, that's an extreme yes. On top of this computer, which is shiny and sci-fi and fancy, is a cylindrical tube where inside, connected with all different types of wires and mechanisms, is an enlarged and strangely shaped brain. 
And with that cliffhanger, we will be bringing episode 11 of Iron Sworn Starforged here on One Guy, One Roll to a Close. Man, I can't believe that last roll was an extreme yes. That idea literally popped into my head at the very last second. I had no idea it was coming. And I figured I'd roll on it and see. If it didn't happen, it didn't happen. I was 50-50 in it. And with that extreme yes, I simply couldn't be happier. Once again, I cannot thank y'all enough, and I am totally humbled by your support and desire to listen to this podcast. And I can't wait to play next episode and see what the hell is going on with this brain. I gotta come up with all kinds of new stuff now. Really kind of changes the whole dynamic and background I had in mind for this, but that's perfectly fine. That's the way the dice tumble sometimes. Anyways, if you enjoy the podcast and you got even as little as a buck to throw my way in a show of support and thanks, why don't you head on over to uh, patreon.com slash one guy one roll. It's recently been completely updated. I kind of changed the format and I'd recommend even if you looked at it before, head on over to Patreon and see if you want to become a member of the Solo RPG Guild. I have been your host, GM and player, Hero Cities. Signing off. Have a great day and stay safe out there, y'all.